Hey you guys, hope you're well. I just wanted to take this opportunity and let you know about our amazing new business scalability scorecard. So have you ever wondered if, you've, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you want to grow and scale the business but not sure how, and you're looking for some advice and you're looking for some strategies about how you could effectively grow and scale your business, well, this is your opportunity. We have actually created an amazing uh, business scalability scorecard. It takes you around seven to eight minutes, and at the end of that, it will actually create a report of all of the things that you're doing particularly well in and the things that you need to make improvements to your business. And uh, it's a great tool and a great asset for your business. To get free access to that, go to bit.ly forward slash business hyphen scalability hyphen scorecard. Go there, go now. Take care, see you soon. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers audio experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today, we have an amazing, fun-packed show, because not only do we have some amazing listeners on Clubhouse. We've got an audience on LinkedIn. We've got an audience on YouTube. We've got an audience on Facebook. So um, today's topic is we're going to be talking about the power of storytelling. And we have an amazing guest who I'm going to introduce very, very shortly. Our guest of today, his name is Bobby Umar. And now Bobby is uh, Bobby is ranked uh, one of the top, according to Inc. Magazine, one of the top, inf- uh, top speakers in networking uh, according to Inc. Magazine, he is a five times TEDx speaker. He's also a best-selling author. He's got three published books out. And his area of expertise is all about how to champion authentic connection and heart-based leadership as well. And and only, honestly, uh, Bobby has got a wealth of experience. Now, for you guys that are listening in to this in Clubhouse, what I'm going to do is I'll open up for questions towards the end of our conversation. But this is, uh, this is a safe space that we're going to have a lot of fun. And what I'd love for you to do is to really lean in and to engage with all of us. And it doesn't matter what platform you're on right now. What I'd love for you to do is I, I would really love it for you guys to really um, to lean in and really take things to the next level. So without further ado, Mr. Bobby Uma. Woo! Hey there. How are you? We're doing well. I've got you here on Clubhouse, Bobby. And I've got you here on all these wonderful social media streams. We've got an abundance of different listeners. Now, uh, thanks very much for being on the show today. Happy to be here. Happy to support you. Great work. Awesome. By the way, <laughs> I love your T-shirt, Conquer COVID-19. Oh, That's it. Sorry, love it. Okay. Let me give me one second, guys. Um, let me see if I can change that. Now, Bobby, can you hear us on Clubhouse as well? Uh I did, but I turned it down because it's very distracting. I'm listening to you here on Absolutely. my laptop, so it's better. All good. Yes, meaning you should be able to hear us anyway, loud and proud. Um, I have turned it up slightly, so you should hear a, a much better, much better sound quality now. Fingers crossed. All right. So, so ready to rock and roll, guys. Um, what's going to say? Like I said, we're going to make this interactive and fun, which is my middle name. I love to make these sessions fun and interactive. I've got my good buddy, Steve Sims, who's actually in the background. We actually did this with him a few weeks ago, and we had such, such great fun. And uh, today, I really wanted to really kind of lean in and, and, and do the, exactly the same. So today's, uh, today's topic is all about the power of storytelling. If you're listening to this on Clubhouse, this is hosted in the No Ego, No BS community. And you can follow that community by clicking on the little greenhouse above the topic of today. Uh, make sure you ping in at least five amazing people in your circle that would love to learn more about how you can uh, learn about uh, st- uh, storytelling. But more importantly, 
how you can improve your connection and your networking skills as well as grow your business. And that's what we're going to be talking about, me and Bobby. So, um, for, so fantastic to have you here, Bobby. I, I want to start off by asking you a, a quick question. I suppose the first question really is, how did you get into this whole kind of realm of leadership and 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 kind of uh, consulting and coaching? I'd love to know more about that because we didn't really touch on on that on our conversations on the on the back channel. Yeah, I'd say there's probably two things that led to it. One was I spent many years uh, in youth leadership, so I was like a camp counselor for many years. And then I was a youth leader for I'm running programs for young people, high school kids, university kids. And I did a lot of that work. Uh, I ran a musical theater company for youth. And so I, ran, I did a lot of stuff in the youth leadership space. And so that was something that I was very accustomed to and I loved doing. And then there was someone there who said, you know, Bobby, you're a really great speaker. Have you ever thought about becoming a motivational speaker? And I was like, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, I was trying to build up my corporate life. And then uh, I think what happened was I, in my corporate life, I tried engineering. I tried brand marketing. I tried uh, teaching. I tried a bunch of different things. Didn't work out. And throughout them all, there was always indications that when we did offsites or we did like a, a team building event, I would step in and volunteer my time to you know, do something. And they're like, wow, you're really good at this. You ever thought about doing this for a living? And I was like, I don't know. And then when I finally left the corporate world last time and I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I went to my four best friends and uh, they were like, hey, I, I call them the council of Omer, the council of Omer. And I said, guys, I don't know what to do, man. And they're like, have you ever thought about, you know, becoming a motivational speaker. And I was like, you know what? I have. And that's when things really started to change for myself. So mm. uh, for me, it was a huge, huge, it had a huge impact on me. Awesome. By the way, I was going to ask you, are you able to unmute yourself on the Clubhouse app so that the, the, those guys are listening in and stuff like that? And then what I can do is I can always mute myself or whatever it is. Hopefully we have much more of a clearer channel as well, guys. So uh, so hopefully you'll be able to hear from me. So thanks very much for sharing that with us. Um, I wanted to tell, I wanted to kind of ask my, my first real question, really. So um, how can we as entrepreneurs and business leaders, more specifically, um, how do we leverage storytelling in order to be a better thought leader or, 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 or a key person of influence in our industry or our specific uh, niche or area? Any thoughts there, Bobby? Yeah, it's a great question. So let's start with the definition of thought leadership. So the way I define thought leaders, if you look at all the thought leaders out there who are, you know, who are, you know, change the conversation, who are industry leaders, authority figures, influencers, people who are sought out, there's three things they do very, very well. One is they build relationships. So they build deep relationships, they build broad relationships, and they have lots of followers. Number two, they're always innovating new ideas, new content. So they're talking about the latest trend. They're coming up with new ideas. They're, they're talking about articles and posts. They're showing up on panels and they're sharing their knowledge. Uh, and number three, they're always working on their, their communication skills. So they're writing, they're speaking, they're storytelling. And what I would say is that storytelling actually helps all three areas. If you Storytelling is, uh, has been known from, from science as well as history to be a trust builder, to be a connector, to be a way to build community, to build a following. So if you use stories to create a, you know, emotional resonance on a human level, that's going to serve you well when you're doing, number one, relationship building. So when you're talking to somebody who is really close to you, you may tell a more vulnerable story. When you're talking to followers, you may tell another story. But either way, those stories will actually get, will build those relationships. Storytelling also enhances your content. It enhances innovation. If you're trying to innovate and come up with a new idea, telling the story about what you're dealing with Telling the story about the problem, telling the story about how people are feeling. They're like, "Oh yeah, I get that. I, I felt that way too." And next thing you know, they're like, "Yes, they're, they're on that. They're on, on board with you." And then finally, when you're speaking uh, or when you're communicating, when you write or whether you do a TED talk or whatever, the stories are an essential part of again that communication and that resonance that's going to make your story and your speaking, your communication come alive. So that's why I tell entrepreneurs tell your story in your website on LinkedIn. That's why I tell executives, tell stories in your meetings, because that's going to uh, connect you to them on a much more uh, deeper level and build a stronger culture of trust and uh, influence. So that's where storytelling really helps across all those areas. Oops, 
Fantastic. And, and that was uh, there were some great comments that you made there, I think. And and I think that really hit the nail on the head with really highlighting you know, the real benefits of storytelling. How do you, um, from your perspective, being a five times TEDx speaker, which is, you know, it's, a, it's an achievement in itself. Um, what would you say from your perspective? Um, how do you tell um, a, how, do, what, how do you really tell from a really authentic um, powerful story over a kind of a generic one. Are there similarities, and are there any? Um, are there any? Um, is, is how can one define what's a powerful story and what one's not? Does that make sense, uh, Bobby? Hmm. I mean, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, you know, there are a lot of stories out there. Um, I mean, a big part of authenticity comes from intent, right? What is your intent? Is your intent to like sell like crazy, or is your intent to you know? I have a lesson that people can use in their lives. Hey, sorry to bother you. Sorry to interrupt. I think your uh, clubhouse uh, muted itself. Oh, is it? Okay. Probably someone muted me. So there we go. It's now off. It's now on. Now on. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, authenticity comes from intent, right? So if your intent is to, uh, from a genuine place, a desire to help, I think that goes a long way. Um, looking at, you know, the, I mean, what's the similarity between the, two types of stories, the ones that aren't really that compelling or authentic versus the ones that are deep and authentic. I think all stories have a framework, right? So there's some sort of framework they're using, whether it's the star approach or the hero's journey approach, or just like, here's the situation, here's what happened, you know, here's the lesson, uh, the rising action. They all have different, they all have frameworks that they use. Now, what makes one a little bit better? Well, I think there's a bunch of things, but I think the biggest one is the emotional piece, right? So when someone tells a story, that's great. But um, when you add the emotion of either how you're feeling or how that person's feeling, that people can feel the emotion, then that really sets it apart. Uh, the other aspect is about immersion, right? Immersing them in the audio, visual, and kinetic. Can you hear what's going on? Can you see what's going on? Can you feel what's going on? And if you do that, then again, that story gets you know, and it gets, it's an immersive thing that people really, they're hanging on every word. And so I think those kinds of, and then I think at the end of the day, like some stories, um, <clears throat> bad stories, they, they'll just tell the story and then they won't really sum it up or tell you what the lesson is. They say because they want, maybe they just want to laugh. Maybe they want people to give them attention. But, you know, having a genuine call to action, uh, having some sort of uh, takeaway and summing it up for people, I think will also separate the, the good stories from the bad stories. <clears throat> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I'm just going to unmute myself. I'm going to get a double feedback. So I'm probably going to get you to mute your Clubhouse app while I'm talking. Otherwise, I'm going to get double feedback. Is that all right? <laughs> it's already been a thing. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> all right, guys. So I hope that uh, that, I hope that, uh, that was a great answer, by the way. I wanted to uh, – I actually was really fascinated to learn more about the science behind storytelling. You know, so I know that there is certain – what I call neuro pathways that go through the brain. There's certain trigger points from a neuroscience perspective. But what does science tell us about uh, the power of using stories and how that kind of uh, you know interacts with your brain and how people connect with you on a deeper level? Any thoughts there, Bobby? Uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the science, I mean, we have uh, there's different types of effects that really. Uh, and and, I forget, and again, I forget the scientific terms, but uh, there, there's definitely different uh, <laughs> effects that will increase uh, memorability and increase the accuracy of what they remember. So they'll, they'll remember you like, you know, days, months, years later. They'll also remember specific details. And so those two specific aspects of your brain are at work and are better, uh, better through stories. And so that's why stories are great with uh, the science as well as the emotional aspect. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Very cool. Um, so, and now, interestingly enough, because you've um, really um, understood the importance of not only personal branding and, and having your own personal story, but what are the big differences between having a personal story and having a brand story? You know, and there are real big differences between, you know, sort of advertising. Say we take a, an, advertise, an advertisement, 
which is all based around Nike, for example, and then creating some sort of memory or memorability and also your uh, your personal branded story. What would be the big differences? And, and is there a construct at all around which is uh, which how how to kind of create something? What what is it that they're trying trying to get together? Or is it are the fundamentals exactly the same? Any thoughts there, Bobby? That's very interesting. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I work with people on putting together like a three minute personal brand life story for themselves that they're going to present to the world. Now that typically takes all the stories of their lives and then says, okay, what's the overall story? So for example, for me, my overall story is four careers lost, stuck and unfulfilled in my, in my leadership path. Now I've found my path and now I've found my fulfillment. And so it's, you know, that, that's really short, <laughs> short version, but that's what, that's what I did. Everyone else may have a different uh, brand story, but I, I think putting of that three-minute story of who you are and where you've been and where you're going and how you help people is one thing. And then all the other stories, I mean, within that story, that, that story that's the umbrella story of who you are. Everything else all fits underneath it, uh, and, and you can plug them all in. So when I talk about my story of when I left my engineering job or when I got fired, or when I talk about the story about how I found entrepreneurship or I tell the story about how I became a dad. All of those things fit into the overarching story of a path of finding alignment and fulfillment through my personal brand. So, you know, I'm able to use use the the overarching brand story and everything else feeds into it. Love it. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, now, in terms of the actual story itself, like, um, I, I just might <coughs> is, and, and you've heard this before, right? You, everyone has a story in them. I, it, you, you've heard that saying before. And I know that a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business leaders are thinking about, yeah, I've heard that before. But, where, but I don't really have a story to tell. I don't know where to start. Like, where do I seek those stories? Where do I need to go in order to create them? I, I don't have a, a great story like you, Adam. I have a great story like you, Bobby. What am I, what can I do? What do I what do I need to do in order to create and construct a great story? Where do I need to start from? Any thoughts there? Yeah, first off, let me just say that everybody has lots of stories. Uh, they, don't, they just don't realize it because they don't take the time to explore, or maybe they don't work with the right coach to help them get to extract those stories. I mean, you look at a resume, for example. A resume, a typical resume, let's say a one-page resume has like, you know, titles, bullets, and things like that. Uh, 10% increase in sales and uh, voted most likely to succeed or whatever it might be. And within every single one of those bullets is a story. If you look at your list of your achievements and your jobs, there's there's a story, right? So like if you look at mine, for example, engineering, brand marketing, performing arts, just the three things by themselves tells a story. Like who is this guy? What, what kind of engineer does performing arts? And so that's something that comes up. So I think that's important to keep in mind. Number two, I mean, where to get going on this? Well, I mean, that that's where we dive into personal brand. I mean, you're doing the exploration of your brand is to truly understand why are you here? Who do you serve? What makes me happy and fulfilled? What do I want to do with my life? These are big fundamental questions we have to ask ourselves. And when you do that and you, and, and you start coming up with really good answers that make sense to you and excite you, then you're going to start to see what your story is all about because it's going to be about your purpose. It's going to be about the people you serve. It's going to be about the things that make you feel good about who you are and what you're doing. And I think that's where you start. You start with the personal brand and dive deep into understanding who you are, understanding who your target audience is, and then coming up with that purpose or that ikigai that, you know, is doing what you love, what the world needs, and coming up with that. And once you know what that is, then you can start to frame a story that fits with that, what we're talking about. And I'll give a good example where I worked with a client. And he was a paramedic for 15, 15 years. And he decided to go into technology and became a cybersecurity guy. And one of the things that we found out was that, well, actually, if you look back at paramedics versus cybersecurity, what's the common thread? Safety and security. And so we used that and the emotions behind it in terms of why he loved what he did before and why he loves what he does now. And that became his overarching story. Uh, and, and that was a great framework because we knew where his strengths lie. Love it, love it, love it. Very cool. So let's move on. We've got some, I've got some other questions that I'd like to put together, um, if I may, uh, Bobby. Um, my, I guess my, my next question is, is, interestingly enough, we were talking about, you know, what are the, when it comes to frameworks, Bobby, uh, when it comes to frameworks for a good 
powerful story. Is there a specific framework that you use to construct your own stories and advise clients um, accordingly? Is there a particular framework or is it kind of both wing it or what's your thoughts? Are? I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Cheers. Yeah, so I definitely use my own framework that I've created. I mean, you know, I've looked at all the frameworks out there and there's there's, there's so many out there. It's ridiculous. But uh, based on uh, my work, yeah, when I do my workshops on storytelling, I give people a specific framework that I think will work best for them. Uh, what I can tell you, a lot of it's based on my experience and success as a speaker. And so uh, I've always been, you know, if you're trying to convince a bunch of CEOs to, uh, and I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, one of the toughest speeches I ever had to give a uh, training was I did a keynote for the death care industry. So basically funeral parlor and cemetery owners. And they were all complaining about the fact that, you know, everybody, they're losing money because people don't want funerals anymore. They want to get cremated. And so, and they were, they were very negative and very upset about it. And I was like, wow, we need to address this uh, toxicity here. So I put together a case for them in terms of how they can innovate and change. And in doing so, you know, I started off by telling, so start off by telling a story and so for me, like telling personal stories, even throughout an entire a larger story, so telling multiple stories in the, in the presentation will go very, very well. But there's a few things that come into play. One is a storytelling piece, particularly one that's, <clears throat> you know, one that's pretty vulnerable, that shows that, you know, the struggle and the challenge, I think that's an important piece. Being clear on the emotional impact, being clear on who the target audience is and what are the questions you want to address. And then I throw in statistics, and I throw in case studies. And when I put all those together in a certain framework, we're able to create something that's far more uh, persuasive, far more influential, far more uh, the ability to get results. And there's actually two results you want. You either want to get people uh, to, um, I guess, follow you, support you, and, and be be there with you, or, and or, I should and or, they also will do the call to action. Oh, you know what? I need to try this. Or I need to maybe do this. That lessons make sense to me, and that's what I would what, what I would do. And so when I'm when I use my framework with clients, it's really to help them put together the three minute personal brand life story of who they are. And in doing so, you know what's you know what's that call to action? What's that one thing they want their audience to do? Because oftentimes, and this is where I, this is where it's tough too, because. Uh, very specific audience, not like a broad audience, because they always struggle with that. What's the one question you want to answer? What's the one key takeaway? It can't be like, you know, three of these and six of these and two of these. No, no, just the one, the one, the one. That's the one, uh, you know, and and it's very hard for people to do that. But that's another thing that my framework is all about is to try, try to focus on just, just the one target audience with the one need, the one issue and the one call to action so that they'll work with you. And so for me, that's how I, I, I that, that's the framework I would use in my, in my coaching. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, and it's interesting. We've just had uh, um, a message come through YouTube as well. And I'll just quickly read out uh, the comment from, uh, from one of our, um, uh, from one of our fans, uh, Stefan Tonin. And, and he says, hi, Bobby, how can we make sure you don't speak too fast to get through your story as, as most times, as I'm so passionate what I do to tell a story, I go too fast. Any tips or advice about that? Yeah, so I can tell you that I'm someone who speaks too fast too. So I'm no, I'm, I'm notorious for speaking very, very fast. And it's something I've been working on my whole life. Uh, there are different ways to address the speed uh, of how we speak. Uh, obviously through training and practice and learning to slow down. I mean, the more you practice, the better you'll get at slowing down. But yeah, when I get excited, I get and I go really, really fast. Um, and so sometimes when I look back at my old videos, I'm like, God, I'm talking so fast. That's why I add subtitles to all my videos because damn, I talk fast. Um, but just practice and training uh, will go a long way. Uh, learning to breathe uh, between beats of parts of your speech is a great way to learn about pacing yourself. I think that works really, really well too. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, rehearsal, practice. I mean, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. I mean, if you think that you're going to do a speech too fast, rehearse a lot. And now I've learned, you know, I used to, I used to, um, normally when I would, would prepare a presentation, I would present, I would prepare for 80% of the time. 
So if I had a 20 minute time slot, I'd prepare 16 minutes. And if I had a three hour time slot, I'd prepare, you know, two hours and whatever, two and a half hours type thing. Um, but what I've learned is <laughs> because I'm so fast, my ratio needs to be lower. <laughs> so what, I, what, I, what I've done is uh, I have a ratio uh, that's lower now. It's now it's more like 65, 70 percent. Um, uh, so, you know, I because it, it forces me to slow down. Uh, and, and to take those pauses. So I have to change the ratio. And sorry, wait, wait, sorry. The ratio is a little bit different because if, see, I, I can I can get more in the same amount of time. So te- technically you think I should go higher to 90%, but no, what I do is if it's a 20 minute presentation, I'll, I'll prepare for 15 minutes because, and, and what I do is I purposely put in interactive elements where I ask a question and I wait for answers, where I put in interactive engagement because I do talk fast. And so when I put in those small pieces where I'm waiting for the audience to give their thoughts, uh, it actually adds way more dynamics to the presentation and allows me to go at a pace that people can follow. And then I think the last thing I'll say is that um, because I talk fast, um, I, I try to have visuals. Like I'm a big PowerPoint you know, uh, person. Uh, it, it supports what I'm talking about and people see it. And I also let people know, uh, I'm, gonna sh- I'm gonna show you these slides. You're all going to get the slides, so don't worry about taking notes. Just listen to me, watch the slides, and you're going to get a boatload of information from me. And so those are all things that I do to navigate the fact that I talk too fast. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so hopefully that should um, that should hopefully um, answer Stefan's uh, question. That was a great question, by the way. And it's interesting because I also am very uh, fast at speaking Purely because um, I suppose it's also around your energy levels, Bobby, and, your, and your, the, the amount of passion that we have as speakers as well, right? And I think that has a ring, really strong correlation to, to that as well. So hopefully that should answer your question. For you guys that are listening in on Clubhouse, by the way, um, uh, I'm uh, with uh, Bobby Umar, and uh, um, Bobby has over 650,000 followers here on social media. Uh, but also, this is uh, what we call the uh, the power of storytelling uh, in the in Clubhouse, and it's also hosted in the No Ego or BS community. You can follow our community by clicking on the little green house above the topic of today. And what I would also do, if you are listening to this on Clubhouse, or if you're listening to this on YouTube or on LinkedIn, and you are on Clubhouse, please do me a favor and follow me or Bobby, me me and Bobby. Um, because then you'll be able to um, you'll be able to get chimed into any events, any particular speaking that we do during the week. And we're pretty active in Clubhouse, aren't we, buddy? And uh, and uh, all the time, mate. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I'm on here all the time. I mean, I I'm doing like daily LinkedIn mastery stuff, and I'm also trying to do uh, various guest appearances. So it's a lot of fun, but I do enjoy it. Absolutely. All right, cool. So for you guys that are listening into the audience, by the way, if you have any questions and you'd like to ask Bobby any specific questions around uh, storytelling, whether it be around connection, maybe there's been an experience where you've had an opportunity where you've got an opportunity to speak in front, whether it be a live event, whether it be a virtual event, okay, and you know that you want to tell your story, but you're just, just not sure. Maybe it's a confidence issue. Maybe it's a construct issue. Maybe it's that you just need, I don't know, um, a kick up the ass, right, to just really get yourself out of that comfort zone, right? But if you do would like to ask a question, all I was going to say to you is if you have a question, I would answer that, get that question answered as soon as possible. Because if you don't get the question answered, as I always say to people, the answer will always be no, right? That's it. (laughs) The answer will always be no if you don't ask the question. So if you want to ask a question, please use the hand uh, icon. You can do that by pressing the hand icon at the bottom of the middle of the Clubhouse app. And if you enjoy some of our conversations, hit that plus icon, ping in five of your best friends into this amazing room uh, so that we can continue to have some fun and stuff like that. Moving on to my next question, actually, Bobby. Um, should we have more than one story? Uh, and if so, um, how should they be different from one to the other? Uh, what, do you mean by, what do you mean by one story? You mean like uh, just a, an overall big picture brand story or you mean just stories in general? Uh, I'm talking about like ju- just a general story. So, I mean, um, so if, if I, uh, I'll give you an example, right? So on my LinkedIn profile, for example, 
most of the people would love reach out to me because they like, hey, Adam, I love your story about the fact that you started off entrepreneurship by getting into picking up golf balls, right? You, you know, that was my story. That's how I got into entrepreneurship. That's how I learned sales and negotiation. That's how I learned about hustle. That's how I learned about endurance. Um, but I guess we all have our own different stories. Should we have different stories for different, uh, maybe different opportunities? And if so, or do we just need the one? Because sometimes as a speaker, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I mean, sometimes I get a little bit bored with telling the same story because I feel like I may have told it a million times. So do I need to make sure that I've got an artillery of different stories to back up so that I can continue to be as fun and, 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 and as energetic as I can be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have to have multiple stories. So just like having multiple bullet, bullet points in your resume to make yourself more interesting, you have to have multiple stories. In fact, it's funny, when I do my workshop on storytelling, I, I'll, I'll say, okay, I want you to have at least 30 stories. I'm like, 30 stories? What? What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, like you should have 100 stories that you built up over the years. Because, you know, as a speaker and as a networker, I, you know, I've told the cheeseburger story hundreds of times. I've told the the networking story with the smiley guy hundreds of times. I've, some of the stories I've told over like 500 times, some maybe a thousand times, but other ones, maybe not so much. And so telling those stories uh, is going to add to your repertoire. And so people, how can they have 30 stories? I'm like, look, you should be able to generate and brainstorm at least 10 stories from your work. You can probably do another 10 stories uh, of other people that you admire, that the story of someone else. And you can also have 10 stories of your own personal life outside of work that are, that are interesting to you. And that's just the beginning. And once you start on that path to develop even those 30 stories, you should be able to actually come up with a whole bunch of stories around every single thing. So for example, let's say, you know, personal branding story, you know, I have dozens, uh, thought leadership stories. I have stories on engineering, stories on entrepreneurship, stories on parenting, stories on my, my health and wellness journey. There's just so many stories you can extract. And they're important because they're going to come up wherever you go. So when someone asks you a question, no matter what it is, and sometimes they're, you know, your random questions, you can always find a way to incorporate one of those stories. Because once you've told them hundreds and hundreds of times, then you have this database that you can extract from all the time. And so sometimes, and sometimes I'm surprised, like I'll, I'll meet somebody and they'll, we're having a random conversation. And all of a sudden the stories just trigger. Oh my God, I just remember the story from when I was seven and, and I tell them the story. And it works really well because once you once you train your brain to start, you know, taking stories out of your out of your head, not your subconscious, you start to unravel even more stories. And, and and you should document them. I have a I have a I started a document years ago when I used to do interview training, and I would actually keep all the interview questions I ever got uh, in my life. Some of the weirdest ones, like what kind of tree would you be, or what kind of Star Trek captain would you be, and I kept all the answers. But in, in each one, there's a story, and so. I have a whole database of stories that I, I can look at anytime I want and even reuse as content on like LinkedIn or something. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Very cool. Um, what I was going to say to you as well, there was, interestingly enough, um, when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, I mean, you've, you've hosted workshops and masterclasses with entrepreneurs, with business leaders around the world even TEDx talks, what do you find from your perspective are some of the common mistakes that uh, people try to do when they try to overthink it or try to perfect their story and then they get completely muddled up or it goes completely, um, you know, go completely AWOL or, or doesn't go to the way it is and then it really uh, hits their confidence, right? Any advice for people um, that are maybe the over, the perfectionists or the people that overthink things? Any uh, tips or advice for people like that? Well, I mean, the overthinking, the mindset piece, the lack of confidence, uh, the biggest issue is that people just won't even start. Uh, they won't even just start with the, with the option that it may not work out or maybe people don't like it or maybe no one sees it. But the truth is, you have to just start and put something out there. I mean, it's like going to a network event and just listening the whole time and never talking once. I mean, you can do that if you want, but if you want people to want to do business with you or work with you or hire you, you have to tell them a bit about yourself and tell that story. So I think, I think that's the first thing to keep in mind. Just start putting things out there. 
Uh, the second thing is, again, uh, planning. If you actually plan your stories in advance and do some research, you'll actually be more and prepare and rehearse these stories and, you know, and maybe script them out a little bit, then you'll actually be more prepared. So someone who's an introvert is really shy about that kind of stuff. Uh, use your organizational skills and your reflection skills to put together this, these stories in advance, whereas someone like myself, I just rattle off my, off my, off my head the, the story that I want, that I want to share. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, w- when I work with people, I, some of the biggest things that they struggle with is, um, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to give too much emotion, but emotions are the things that really set the story apart. Right. So I often tell them they'll, they'll put to give me a script. I'll say, okay, that's fine. I like that line. Uh, how did that feel? Like, tell me that part, like, tell me how that felt. Right. I won the award. I climbed Mount Everest. I, you know, fell into a puddle. How did that feel? That's 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 what I want to know. I want to know what, what I want to know how that felt. And a lot of people, they you know, when they tell the bland stories, they don't they don't tell the emotions of those things. And that's what we really really, really want to hear. And so I think that that's something that you know. And, and again, um, you know, if you if you practice putting emotions and feelings out there, you will see from people that they love this stuff. And eventually, you're gonna have a series of small successes that's going to further enhance your confidence. It's not going to be 100%, but it's going to get better and better the more you do these things and get feedback. And and, yeah, and that's the last one. Ask for feedback. Hey, I want to be better at storytelling. Here's a story. Let me know what you think. Tell you, Ask your five closest friends to, you know, give you some, some tips or thoughts or how they felt about it. And, uh, you know, that, that's going to go a long way, too. So these are all things you can do to address the confidence of being a better uh, storyteller. Love it. So guys, I hope that you're making a lot of notes as well, because I've certainly been making my notes as well, even though I'm kind of managing about 50 things at once, which is kind of fun anyway. But listen, I hope that you've been taking a lot of notes and uh, you've been kind of thinking about how you can construct uh, your own sort of, uh, should we say, your own personal story. Um, interestingly, I wanted to touch back on something that you just made, actually, Bobby, which is all around... Um, around the fact that you talked a little bit about, you know, about kind of, I suppose we haven't really talked about this imposter syndrome, prejudging about like what our audience already thinks about us or prejudging about, normally it's related to negativity, right? Why should people want to listen to me? What's so special about me? And then, you know, and then kind of imposter syndrome kicks in, negativity kicks in, which then affects confidence. And then, then it all kind of, again, kind of goes it all goes a bit pete thomas but so such but for those people that are suffering from imposter syndrome for those people that are suffering from those kind of i wouldn't say confidence issues but more around you know, around kind of getting people to judge themselves any advice or tips for for those for those types of people yeah um a couple things so getting a coach to help you manage those emotions I think it's really important. I mean, we all, we all have imposter syndrome in some shape or form. Like for me, my biggest imposter syndrome thing is about price, pricing myself. When I when I price courses and coaching, I'm like, ah, is that, is that too much? I don't know. And you know, and I and I second guess myself. And so my coach works with me on those things. Second thing is to get a community, a community of people. That could it could be those five friends I talked about. It could be a community of health advocates helping you lose weight. It could be a community of storytellers who want to help you get better. You know, so for all my coaching programs, there's, there's a coaching group that we have because people like that kind of stuff. Uh, we have a clubhouse coaching group where we gather together and talk about things because people are struggling. So a community, a supportive community uh, can go a heck of a long way to helping you um, get through that stuff. And then I think the, the third thing I would add is uh, diving your personal brand. The reason why I love personal brand so much is because even though personal brand thinks, most people, most people say personal brand is about standing out and being noticed. And that's true. But the secret sauce of personal branding is that if you dive into your own self-assessment and you get the and you get the feedback from other people about how they perceive you and you understand your target audience then you'll start to get far more clarity focus purpose and direction around what you're trying to do and what stories you're trying to say and when you know that it's quite validating right so when so when i do the feedback and the online assessments, they always say, Bobby's a people person. He should do something that's people related. And several people said, Bobby should be a motivational speaker. Even, even when I started, I had some support from people already. And I felt even though there was some confidence challenges, right? But 
I felt like, okay, yeah, you know what? I've done the due diligence. My even my friends say I should do this. People in the industry said I should do this. A motivational speaker said I should do this. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm ready to do this. And so that that's a you know the personal brand dive is a great way to really get that self awareness and validation and empowerment to go to that next level. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, interestingly enough, you again, you picked up a really good point, and I'm a real big advocate, a real big fan of um, building tribes, and I think it's become more a, a more apparent or more beneficial to build tribes because you know it's all about that power of connection, which you're a big advocate of. Um, how would you say? How do you? What's the relationship between? Um, or building your using your uh, your story your 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 story that we've been talking about and building tribes are there a, is there a correlation between two and how does one leverage their personal story to build a tribe I hope that makes sense yeah that's a that's a great question so I would say in the last uh, in this the last year or so I've been really big on uh, building community and I'll use the clubhouse example. So, you know, we have a club on Clubhouse called the Thalysha Brand Club, which now has almost 16,000 members. People ask me, how did I build that? Now, previously to that, uh, I had another community called DYP, Discovery Personal Brand, which also had thousands of people coming to events. And how did I do that? And what I can tell you is that stories are important. Now, what I, what I would say is uh, there's a couple things when it comes to storytelling. So number one, um, if you want to build a community, you have to set a clear vision for people in terms of why they're part of it. And so what I would do is I would tell the story. So I, so I tell the story of how I was struggling with my life and how I looked at a personal brand if I'm focused on clarity, and then I used it to build a thought leadership brand. And when I tell that story and I say, I want to help other people with my club, thought leadership brand club, to do the exact same thing, they get it. They get it. And they're like, okay, you know what? I, I totally get that because, yeah, I'm on a similar journey where I'm working on my brand and I want to build a thought leadership brand in my expertise in, I don't know, real estate, coaching, cybersecurity, whatever it might be. And I said, that's great. You know what? Uh, let's get let's get your story out there and uh, let's bring, be part of the, cl the club or the community. And next thing you know, they want to do stuff with us because I provide a, an outlet or on a forum for them to, to do that kind of thing. And the second thing I'll say is, you know, I'm really big on understanding their story. So uh, I spend time with calls and Zoom calls and, you know, sessions to say, hey, let's share your story. Tell me, tell me more about your story. So I've spent time in clubhouse where people tell me their story and I give that space for them to tell their story. And I want to, and I care about learning their story because then I can see areas in where we can actually help support one another out. Now I'll reach out and say, hey, listen, would you be interested in doing something in this community? And next thing you know, thing, things happen. So I think that storytelling certainly is a way to uh, sell the vision. Storytelling is a way to build the, the trust with those people and maybe you know create some sort of mentorship. And uh, and then and then letting them tell their stories is Again, going back to the umbrella thing, like all the stories of people that are in my club or my community, whether it's like, and I have different, and I have a, I have a health and wellness community. I have the clubhouse community. I have other communities too. But when they all share their stories, they become part of the, the lore, the mythology, the culture of this vibrant community. And that's why stories are so great. Love it. Great answer. And, uh, and, and, and I thought that, I, I did think that that was a, a fantastic, what, what you gave there was, it was, uh, was really detailed and it was really on, on, on par. Um, for you guys, again, listening to the audience, there would be Stefan, uh, Dawn, Sa uh, uh, David, uh, Sonia. If you want to ask a question, feel free to use the, ha uh, the hand icon on Clubhouse. Uh, if you're listening to us on social media, whether it be on YouTube, LinkedIn, on Facebook, whatever it might be, feel free to ask your question. Um, well, uh, just while um, Bobby's here, and I know that he's only got a few more minutes left because I'm very conscious of his time, and he's a very, very busy person, um, interestingly enough. And by the way, if you are listening to us on LinkedIn, YouTube, or on um, Facebook, uh, please follow me or Bobby on Clubhouse. And you can, and if you are on Clubhouse listening to us, you can all just click onto our bios or our pictures, our smiley faces, and click the word follow, activate the bell to always so that you can make sure that you uh, that you don't miss out on some of our uh, um, events and also uh, some of the opportunities that we're on Clubhouse, pretty much on Clubhouse, pretty much every other day, me and Bobby, uh, and uh, contributing and adding value and serving uh, to our global community worldwide. So um, so that's really, really cool. Um, 
I suppose because we are coming towards the end of our um, our, uh, our conversations, Bobby. Um, any final thoughts when it comes to powerful storytelling? What is what are some of the most um, uh, powerful stories that you come across as an as an individual that really you, you thought, wow, that's really resonated with me? And why did it resonate with re- resonate with you, Bobby? Well, I think the stories that resonate with me, with me the most are the ones that, uh, you know, I can relate my own personal experience to. So usually it's two things. Either I relate my personal experience to it. Um, so, for example, uh, someone sharing their own weight loss journey or health journey, because, you know, I've struggled with weight loss and, and, my, and my diabetes. That stuff really resonates with me. Um, somebody who shares their story with their children. I'm a dad of young kids and, you know, like. I, I struggle at times. So when people share their stories of struggle with the kids, particularly during the pandemic, yeah, like I, I've been there, man, and it's been hard. And uh, so I think I think that stuff uh, really resonates. The other thing that resonates uh, well with me are stories that align with my values. So, you know, we all have different values, but when people share stories that uh, expose their values and talk about their cultures and beliefs and things like that, again, that's where, you know, it resonates uh, a lot with me and in terms of, you know, what, what I want to hear. So someone might, uh, I really, another really good example of that, it'd be uh, like a values and belief story would be uh, a lot of people I've met who struggle with um, mixed relationships. So, you know, my, my wife and I were a mixed couple. We have mixed kids. Uh, the cross-cultural divide is challenging. It's been uh, an issue. And I remember I was teaching a class and uh, every time I would talk about it, I'd always get students in, in the class. Hey, hey, professor, can I, can I talk to you? And I say, sure. And, and like this, uh, like at least four or five times, there would be a couple where, yeah, you know, he's, you know, he's this culture, I'm this culture, and we're struggling, and the parents don't know, and what do we do? And I'm like, and and I had lots of advice to give them because I've been through this, I know what it's like, uh, and that type of stuff really, really resonates because I want to help people uh, get through that stuff because I've been through it myself. Cool. Very cool. Uh, listen, it, it, this has been a really amazing conversation. By the way, this isn't a room where we are advising about people's relationships. We're not relationships experts, even though, interestingly enough, you're talking about you're from two different cultures, you and your wife. Um, obviously, uh, my partner as well. She is from a very different culture, Scandinavian, and I'm British, which are very different cultures, by the way. Uh, so yeah, we, we kind of share the same sentiment when it comes to that. Uh, which is interesting. But obviously, I know Asian culture is very different from kind of white carnation uh, couples as well. So uh, so that's a really, really, uh, it's a really fascinating subject. So listen, guys, I hope that you've been enjoying some of the conversations with uh, me and Bobby. Um, just before we close, actually, um, Bobby, um, do you have anything that um, that you'd like to uh, We'd like to know what you got, what you're working on right now. What is it that you're working on right now? Is it, if there's anything that we can do to serve you? Because we just love people who come on and serve serve us, but we also like to reciprocate and uh, and ask what you're working on and what's the big focus right now. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, I already have an existing program for diving your personal brand, a personal brand discovery course. I also have a workshop for storytelling, so I have those already. But the two things I'm working on right now, uh, number one is I'm running a five-day thought leadership branding program. So basically, and I'll go through I'll go through mindset, storytelling, content on LinkedIn, and uh, and Clubhouse integration, personal branding, and I'll give people the tools they need to start building that. Not only to identify their their brand, but also to build that thought leadership brand. So that's uh, something I'm doing end of September. I do it like every couple of months. So that's something uh, something that I'm working on. Um, so that's a great program. And then the other thing I'm working on, obviously, is Clubhouse. So the Thought Leadership Brand Club uh, now has a website, uh, thoughtleadershipbrand.club. We now have 16,000 members. We're doing a town hall on September uh, September 9th uh, at, at 12 p.m. and 9 p.m. to find out what these 16,000 people want to do and what they want to get out of it. Because now we have a community of uh, you know 60 or 70 uh, thought leaders who are sharing content uh, in 30 to 40 rooms on a weekly basis. And so we want to have more people doing that. And so if you are interested in being part of the inner circle, getting access to training, resources, coaching calls, things like that, uh, yeah, let us know. Because if you want to do a room on real estate or do a room on bringing thought leaders in cryptocurrency or whatever it might want to be, the Thought Leisure Brand Club is about helping people with people, uh, with uh, innovation and with uh, with uh, communication skills, so uh, those are the two things I'm, I'm mostly focused on. And I, I, sorry, the last one, of course, I should say is 
I am a professional speaker and trainer, so I do go to companies and I do training on LinkedIn and Clubhouse and personal brand, thought leadership, content, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's that's I call that my day job. <laughs> These two things I just mentioned are kind of like my big side hustles that I'm trying to build. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Very cool, very cool. So listen, guys, I hope that you've enjoyed uh, today's, um, well, recorded Game Changers audio experience. Uh, we're here live on YouTube, LinkedIn Live, Facebook, and also on Clubhouse. If you would like to get the recording, we'd like to listen to Bobby again. What you need to do is you need to go to my bio, or we can put it up into the uh, screen, uh, depending on where you're listening to us, and you need to go to the Game Changers experience and uh, and type that into whatever your podcast channel that you tend to use, whether it be an Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever it might be. Make sure that you subscribe to that podcast because then you'll get a notification of when Bobby's episode is up. And then you can go back and listen to it as many times and over and over and over and over again. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, there's been some great golden nuggets and great value bombs that we've discussed off today. Uh, first of all, I just want to say a big thank you to, uh, to you, Bobby, and I really appreciate your uh, time and your patience uh, today. Hope you've had some fun. Yeah, it's been great, Adam. Thanks so much. I uh, love your energy and enthusiasm. And uh, I don't know how you integrate all this technology. Good grief. But uh, kudos to you to be able to do that so well. I appreciate that. And, and you know, it's interesting because we've got like, you know, it, you know, with, with things now with technology, with things, you know, there's so many different things that you could potentially use. And, uh, you know, technology now has become so streamlined and so easy to use without having to go through so many hoops and barriers to entry, which makes things so much easier. So, um, so yeah, so very, very cool. Um, so for you guys that are listening in, hope that you've enjoyed today. As I did mention to you, uh, please follow, feel free to uh, follow uh, me and Bobby on Clubhouse. You can click on our little profile pictures and follow. And also uh, also follow the No Ego, No BS community. Also follow uh, Bobby's um, uh, community here on Clubhouse. If you want to learn more about Bobby, you can do so by clicking on the links on the podcast. And we're going to be putting his social media links if you have any questions about today's specific episode, please mention to Bobby that you listen to him either on Clubhouse or the Game Changers Experience podcast. He'll be able to put two and two together, and then he'll be able to kind of co and send them. So for you guys that are listening in Clubhouse, thank you very much. I know Hermione you just came in about five minutes ago, so uh, hello to you. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it here on Clubhouse. hope you've enjoyed it here on YouTube and on LinkedIn, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Cheers. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.